Welcome to this week's Personal Finance Podcast. I'm Lenora Walters, and joining me today are Emma Ajimang, Personal Finance Writer at Investors Chronicle, and Peter Walls, Manager of Unicorn Master Trust. Peter, Unicorn Master Trust is a fund of funds, so you don't invest its assets directly in equities or bonds. What kinds of funds do you invest in, and what is Unicorn Master Trust's aim? Master Trust's aim really is to deliver capital growth over the long term, primarily by investing in in a range of listed investment companies. So it's quite straightforward. You know, I view it as a perhaps a one-stop shop for people that can recognise the advantages of investment trusts, but perhaps are deterred by some of their complexities. What would you say are the differences between putting together a portfolio of investment trusts and one of, say, direct holdings in equities or bonds? Um, in some respects, I'd say it's a, it's a lot easier um, as there's uh, much less stock-specific risk. Um, and a greater degree of diversification. Uh, direct holdings that don't perform according to expectations can be severely punished by the stock market. So a portfolio of investment trusts should allow you to sleep more easily at night. Or would you say there any other advantages to, to running a, a portfolio of uh, funds or investment trusts? Oh, plenty. I, you know, investment trusts are going to be celebrating 150 years in existence next year. Um, and they've generally outperformed relative to their open-ended cousins. So, you know, investment trusts are undoubtedly the best structure for uh, getting exposure to less liquid uh, assets and long-term investments, um, you know, which may include specialist trusts investing in biotechnology or unquoted investment uh, and indeed smaller companies around the world. Okay now would you say that there are any limitations to investing in a portfolio of funds or investment trusts rather than direct securities such as equities or bonds? I think the obvious disadvantage is that investors have two layers of charges, uh, uh, the charge for the fund of funds and then the charges levied by the underlying portfolio holdings. Um, you know, Clearly, when you look at uh, a fund of funds, uh, the performance numbers should uh, account for all of those charges. And there are also some areas in the investment trust world that aren't particularly well represented uh, in the sector, such as you know, North American trusts uh, or traditional bond funds. But generally, there's a very good spread uh, and availability of funds in the sector. OK, now turning to... Um the world that you invest in what type of investment trust do you like at the moment what's you know what's looking good for whatever reason yeah well i think we've had a, a fantastic run in markets uh, despite many people thinking of this as the most despised bull market of all time you know we've had the rising tide which has lifted all boats in many respects so uh, it, it's been you know a, a, a strong period of performance uh, and investment trust ratings, you know, are correlated with, with rising markets. So as markets rise, discounts narrow. And we have discounts really at uh, probably the narrowest level in, in, in my experience at the moment. Um, what, what I've tried to do within the portfolio is, is to introduce some holdings in some more 
classic value-orientated funds. Value has really underperformed against growth uh, for a long time now. So I've been adding to positions in the likes of Aberforth smaller companies uh, and taking a slightly more defensive stance um, through the likes of BH Global, which is a hedge fund. Okay. Now, are there any areas of the investment trust world you're concerned about at the moment? Um, I I think the sort of quest for income has seen uh, an upsurge in demand for income-generating alternative funds. Uh, And uh, while this is clearly understandable, given uh, interest rates where they are today, I think there will come a time when demand tails off. Um, I think you've got to remember that investment trusts are, are, you know, their shares are just pieces of paper um, and the the printing presses have been whirring in, in the alternative space in the last few years. In fact, alternative investment trusts, uh, you know, fast approaching uh, 50% of the value of the entire investment trust universe. So the supply is is infinite and clearly demand uh, does fluctuate and will fluctuate in in the future. So, you know, I think some of the areas, um, you know, are um, quite vulnerable to to seeing um, their premium ratings run off over time uh, and in some cases turning to discounts. What would be examples? Um, it's 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 um, uh, we've already seen uh, in the in the peer to peer lending area and some of the more specialist um, property funds. Um, if if things disappoint, uh, you do see quite a big change in the rating. Um, so, you know, I think you've got to be careful to to fully understand the underlying investment uh, uh, investment policy uh, and the exposure um, and uh, you know be, be confident in in the outlook for those assets okay and um, are you totally avoiding these because of uh, these problems well I, th- concerns, I think it probably goes, yeah, I think yeah. it probably goes back to, to the opening comment about the, the, the trust the fund being about capital growth so right. I don't have a particular requirement for income so I'm not uh, a natural buyer of this type of trust at, at present um, although clearly if value becomes more evident uh, in the future I, I, I would be a buyer. Okay. Now, your top 10 holdings include some investment trusts that focus on or include some exposure to private equity. Why do you hold these? Well, I mean, private equity has delivered superior long-term returns uh, to public markets. And uh, uh, while the risks are clearly greater, um, the returns justify a weighting to, to listed private equity funds in my portfolio. Um, now, there are concerns at the moment about the m- amount of capital that's been raised, the dry powder uh, it, it, among private equity managers. Um, it seems to be a, a really strong seller's market at the moment. Uh, so there are concerns as to whether these trusts can replenish their portfolios in the coming years. Um, and, and like all areas, uh, you know, it can be cyclical. Um, we've had a good run uh, of late uh, in the private equity funds. We've seen discounts narrow quite appreciably, particularly since the Brexit vote. Um, so they might tread water for a time, but I think over the long term, 
that exposure is is worth having. Okay, thank you, Peter. Some really interesting insights into your fund and the world of investment trusts. In 2016, UK commercial property had a difficult year, with investors so keen to pull out of this area that a number of open-ended property funds had to close to redemptions because they didn't have the cash to hand to meet them. But scroll on 2017 and the picture seems a bit different. Emma, how has UK commercial property been doing this year? It's bounced back pretty strongly, Leonora. So last year, the Investment Property Data Bank Monthly Index made the total of 2.6%. But so far, up to October this year, the index has already made 8.6%. OK, now you'd think this would restore confidence, but you've been speaking to someone who isn't so sure. Who is this? That's right. I met up with Jason Bagley, who is the manager of Standard Life Investments Property Income Trust, and he just has some concerns about how long the current cycle can last. Okay, so more specifically, you know, what is concerns on on UK commercial property? A few reasons, really. I mean, he's just got the feeling that the property cycle is quite late cycle now. And given recent performance has been better than expected, with all the uncertainty surrounding the UK economy, he's just a bit, you know, uncertain about how long that can last. And in particular, Brexit is also weighing on his mind. He's worried about a slowdown, for example, in the economy, causing a slowdown in tenant demand. Okay, so I mean, is he all doom and gloom, or is there anything that he does thinks okay about UK commercial property? Because he does, he does want a property fund. After he does, all. he does. Yeah, um, no, he's certainly not all doom and gloom, and he says that you know the feeling is that he feels like it's quite late cycle, but at the same time, when he sort of drills down into um, what's concerning him, he's, he can't actually put his finger on anything specific, and some of the reasons for that are that he says that of all interest rates have increased a little, they are still very low. And that means that the yield on the trust and real estate assets in general are still quite attractive compared to other asset classes. Also, as we all know, the supply of property is still quite constrained. And of all, you know, he has this concern about tenant demand going forward. Right now, he thinks it's holding up. Okay. So, well, in a bit of a dilemma, so he's he's, admitting it's okay got these concerns so is he trying to do anything about his concerns um yes i mean he's trying to sort of reduce risk in areas that he thinks um you know it's better to reduce risk now so for example he's recently exchanged contracts to sell the fund's second largest property um elstree tower which is based in the greater london area and the two reasons for this it, one is that he's worried about the impact that brexit would have on greater london rents in the next three years which is when the lease was due and also the amount of um, work that the property would need to be refurbished to make it attractive to another tenant um, was something he was concerned about so he decided to sell that property and it sold for two million or it will be um, exchanged um, for two million above its valuation. Okay so selling what he thinks might be a liability yeah Um, so has he has he stopped investing and he's just selling not Definitely not. No, I mean, the fund is, you know, very fully invested. And he thinks it's important for the fund to remain fully invested. Um, and he's, you know, he says there are still opportunities out there. But as he describes it, they're more granular than they have been. Okay, so um, has he invested in anything lately? Yes. Um, last month, he bought a multi-let office which is in Bracknell at One Station Square for £12 million. And that reflects a yield of 6.9% on the top, top rent. The office has been um, quite recently substantially refurbished and it's located you know, right next to the station. So should have do well for all the commuters. 
Okay, so it's is a measure approach and is the cutting is what might be a liability but sort of adding advantages. Mm-hmm. Um, is this approach paying off? Yes, I mean the fund has been performing well. Over one year it has made 12%, which is ahead of uh, average return for UK Direct Property Investment Trust, which is around 11%. And it's also got a high yield of 5.2%. It's trading on a premium to net asset value of 5.3%. Okay, income trust, so soon, no surprises. Mm. Um, Peter, what do you think about UK commercial property? Is it a good area to have exposure to at the moment? Well, I think it certainly has a place in a diversified portfolio, but as Emma has mentioned, it is cyclical. Uh, and we have had quite a strong run, particularly over the last um, five years. So... Um, you know, we've also during that period, um, particularly um, after the referendum in the UK, uh, seen quite a, a lot of dislocation, uh, particularly in the open-ended funds sector. Um, and that had uh, a knock-on impact in, in the closed-end investment investment trust sector with discounts moving around uh, quite sharply uh, after the vote. I, I think we've seen within the property markets we've seen more stability and better performance in regional markets rather than london uh, since the vote but uh, you know i think there's, there's still opportunities there I, I really have never been able to figure out why a property fund should be in an open-ended structure and uh, I, I would like to see uh, as many of those funds moving more towards a closed-end type structure in the future mm. um, so do you have any commercial property investment trusts in your portfolio well, we have seen some reduction in the pre- premium ratings um, uh, of those funds, but I haven't been tempted in yet. Mm. Um, I do have some property exposure, but it's through a conventional trust, TR Property, yeah. uh, which has some direct uh, exposure in it. But I'm attracted by its European exposure mm. more than anything else because and that, I think Europe is behind, isn't the, behind the cycle. Yeah, I think that's a securities investment trust largely rather than a, a UK yes, physical that's right property indeed okay um just to elaborate a bit you know i mean what do you like and what do you not like let's say about uk direct commercial property investment trusts well you know clearly they 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 offer uh, attractive uh, dividend yields um uh, often with the ability to be able to grow those those dividends over time um they sit within the closed end structure, which, you know, as I've mentioned, is, is the most sensible way uh, of investing in illiquid long term investments. Uh, and there are some very good managers at large in the sector, uh, which have, 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 have proven track records in uh, managing and maximising returns uh, from their direct property portfolios. Mm, who is anyone you'd particularly single out? I don't think I would in particular, no. Um, mm. Uh, no, I think uh, in in general there 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 are differences between the styles and the underlying portfolios, but uh, I, I can't think of anyone that I would particularly single out. Okay, now what don't you like about UK commercial property investment trusts? Well, I you know I I, I think in a cyclical downturn, um, you know one can see those premium ratings eroding further, and. 
the 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 problem is that uh, it can become something of a self-fulfilling prophecy as people see the premiums running off and discounts appearing uh, against a, a net asset value that that might be falling. Um, you get more selling pressure and uh, the discounts that were achieved, albeit in quite stressed. Uh, situations uh, post the great financial crisis in 2008-9 um, were, were, were very wide. Um, so, you know, there is quite considerable da- discount downside risk. Yeah, I mean, on that note, um, you know, not just thinking about the investment trust, but about this asset class in particular, to what extent do Brexit concerns influence your view on these investment trusts and on this asset class? You know, I'm not altogether sure whether... Um, whether that is to the forefront of of people's thinking in terms of the future for commercial property. Um, You know, clearly at the margin, one might expect some uh, movement from from the financial sector. Um, But again, I think it will be marginal. So, you know, demand looks reasonably healthy even now. Okay, thank you, Peter. Some really interesting points there. And you can see Emma's full update with Jason Bagley in this week's magazine and the website. An area that's been very popular of investors over the past few years has been infrastructure investment trusts, in part because of the attractive income they offer. But despite their popularity, there are less than 10 of these trusts. It's a relatively new sector, which has only been going since 2006. However, these should soon be joined by another trust. But this is going to be a bit different to the existing trusts. Um, Peter, turning first of all to the existing broad infrastructure trusts on offer, um, can you tell us a bit about the sector and what you think about them as an investment proposition? Yeah, well, you're right, um Leonora, it's a relatively new uh, area of, of the sector. Um, uh, the limited number of funds collectively uh, are running uh, almost 10 billion in, in the area now. Uh, and I think the attractions, um, you know, above and beyond um, the, 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 the dividend yield attractions is that um, these funds should be relatively stable um should be relatively less 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 volatile than uh equity markets in general um although um the labor party conference obviously um threw a spanner into the works uh in 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 terms of the the the, uh shadow chancellor uh looking to take back uh many of these contracts and we've seen pfi and ppp contracts that they invest in yeah um which is somewhat ironic considering it's the previous labor government that uh, actually put most of those contracts very different types of labor government well indeed indeed. Um, yes yes indeed um so that's caused uh, uh, quite a bit of consternation in in the sector, and uh, you know ratings came off quite a bit in the aftermath of that. Um, there's been quite a bit of um, uh, information flow in terms of what the impact of that might be in the future. Um, so it's injected a, a little bit more uh, volatility in, in, into uh, an area which you know one, one would. Uh, assume normally to be relatively stable. Uh, but 
the prospect of um, indexed linked income um, and uh, rising income over time, I, I think, makes this a, 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 a very appropriate uh, and an interesting area. Um, and I can see it growing uh, in importance in the investment trust sector over time. Mm. I mean, you mentioned, obviously, these comments at the Labour Party conference, which made them come off a bit, a.k.a. the premiums have come down a bit. I mean, I say one of the downsides to the infrastructure investments was a high premiums. With them on slightly lower premiums, do you think that that makes them, um, you know, a good, you know, more attractive? Perhaps even a good time to go into because, you know, a politician who's not even elected can say one thing, but who knows, right? But these, you know, that that won't, that won't be till after the election anyway. Um, these trusts, like you say, have got a lot of attractions, and now they're on slightly lower ratings. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's I think that's right. There seems to be a, uh, quite a bit more clarity on 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 the potential impact, and uh, you know there is evidence that uh, there has been buying interest in 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 recent weeks. Again, I think it's because of my lack of requirement for for mm. income that um, it's not something that I'm I'm rushing to look at yeah. um, at the moment. And to be perfectly frank, I always struggle to to buy any fund on a premium to to NAV regardless of the apparent attractions. Okay. Now, a new kid is soon to come to the block, Tri-Pillar Infrastructure. This is going to be a bit different to the existing trusts. Can, can, can you explain a bit? It comes from a, a you know a, a, a very experienced and well respected uh, management team, form, formerly with the uh, John John Lang infra- infrastructure team, um, and it's going to be investing um, more more globally. Um, initially, mainly in continental Europe, in the UK, with some North American exposure, but over time, it's going to have probably fifty fifty between Europe, including UK and, and North America. Um, they seem to have a very extensive pipeline of potential uh, investment opportunities going forward um, and and I think you know it would be uh, helpful for for the sector to have a more globally geographically diversified fund offering you know clearly that will come with with greater risks including currency risk and uh, you know it, it it's an interesting addition i think to the sector i mean on the subject of the risk the overseas assets i mean how much riskier is that going to make it than let's say uk infrastructure funds focused on the likes of pfi and ppp yeah i mean i i, I really struggle with um with, with 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 currencies i've you know met many fund managers over the years and I don't think I've ever found anyone that has successfully managed to to to, to manage currency risk uh, on a consistent basis. I suspect that those that can uh, probably own their own uh, Caribbean islands by now. Um, but um, you know, clearly this this introduces an added layer of risk, and you know, it it, it might enhance returns and it might not. But uh, you know, over the long term one would expect the currency angle to, to, to even itself out over time. If you tend to believe that um, you know, the, the UK economy is going to continue to struggle post-Brexit, then perhaps having some more overseas assets and overseas currencies will be beneficial. But I can't really make a currency mm. forecast. Okay. Now, um, turning back to the existing funds, um, 
if investors who want a fund with a good income profile but don't want to pay the high premiums you get with most of existing funds, what could be a good alternative in the investment trust space? Uh, it's going to be very difficult to achieve the sort of uh, yields that uh, are available on, on the infrastructure funds. Um, you know, clearly there are a, a number of funds in the UK income growth sector which deliver yields you know, of up to 4%. And I think for people that are looking to the longer term and, and focusing on total return, uh, you know, I think, I think they, they are a, a good alternative. But, you know, if you need that, that, that higher level of, of dividend income today, um, it's quite difficult to find in the sector at the moment. Thank you, Peter. Some really helpful points there. That brings us to the end of today's show. We can read more on investment trusts, Standard Life Investments Property Income Trust and Tri-Pillars Infrastructure forthcoming launch in this week's issue of Investors Chronicle on the website. Thank you for listening and have a good weekend. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 